Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside from just outside of New York City. From an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Andrew, have you heard of the Magnus Effect? No. No. Well, the Magnus Effect uh, applies to the Sabislai strike. It applies to the Tiago strike. Hmm. Um, so my friend Phil, who's an avid listener to the podcast, said it's the air pressure difference that's created by a rotating ball. So the pressure on top of the ball is lower than the pressure under it. So while gravity is pulling the ball towards the ground, the air resistance prevents it from falling as it normally would. If you want the formula for the pressure, pressure equals half density of air multiplied by the velocity squared. Think of those magnificent Roberto Carlos goals. Those are also because of Magnus effect. Only the movement is lateral instead of vertical. That's, 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 that's so cool. That's outstanding. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's... um. He's a he's a friend of mine. He's a, he's a scouser. Uh, he his his father is an Indian immigrant. Moved to England um, and uh, built up his own business, and then did the thing that all immigrants do. My kid must must do great. He must do well. He sent him to Eton. So, like you know, AJ having an Eton friend may seem kind of you know incongruous. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the British upper class, but he's he's not like that. He's he. I was drunk one day and he was explaining like the solar system to me oh. and um, and it was like amazing, like a truly amazing conversation that I can't remember because I was drunk. God, it would be so cool to be smart. Like he's, that. he's, he's properly smart. Oh, and I play, I play soccer with him as well. But the one thing I can say about him, like he plays so much soccer every week, runs around fantastic, but I never know when he's hitting a pass where the ball might go. So in some ways, in the smallest, tiniest way, I hold that over him. 
he's too he's too smart he's overthinking because he know he's thinking about he's not just playing free like he's thinking about the magnus effect if i hit it on this angle the ball will do this because of the wind velocity right now and how it's pushing he's got to just free himself of that when he's playing yeah he's he's completely tied up by the magnus effect i can't wait to drop that though the next time i meet someone in the in the in 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 a pub scenario that I don't know and that doesn't know Phil, just slide that one in there. Oh. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Magnus effect there with that strike. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't know about Magnus. All right. Well, Silly have you a, have a seat. Let me explain it to you. Um, oh, what a show! What a what a fun show this is going to be. One of our favorite pods of the year, every year. That's right. It is our Jump to Conclusions Week podcast. So we'll go through a bunch of the things. Uh, as we do, we'll explain that in a in a, in a minute here. Um, you have the drop, right? Don't don't you worry. Uh, also, a couple things near the end. I saw JJ. Uh, the Ballon d'Or finalists have been announced. I know how don't much care. you enjoy. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, give it so, to um, Ireland. Give it to Hoyland. I wouldn't care. Well, we'll get to that near uh, near the end <laughs> of the show. Um, also, Jordan Henderson spoke. I know you and I were texting about his interview the other day. I don't know if, if you had any thoughts on that that you wanted to reveal. Yeah, definitely. People wanted us, uh, the animals on Reddit, Newman, hello, Newman, in particular, he wanted to to get our, our thoughts on it and for us to discuss it. Um, yeah, I think everyone should listen to it unless you're Jordan Henderson because okay. don't, I'm not, right, I'm so not we'll, sure. So you have thoughts. That's what, that's what I'm, all I'm looking so for here you. is whether or not you... <laughs> So we'll, and our thoughts are in simpatico. So we'll oh yeah, we're very simpatico. Um oh. so we'll we'll do a little bit of that near the end of the pod. But now, JJ, but now let's start with this. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. You see, it would be this mat that you would put on the floor. And would have different conclusions written on it that you could jump to. That's right, the mat. The mat has been unveiled. It's on the floor. And unfurled, I believe. Yeah, unfurled. That's right. That's right. Unfurled. Well, you are smart. Unveil a mat. You spend a little bit of time with an Eaton boy, and now look at you. Unfurled. Your whole vocabulary is just blossoming. Um, we've unfurled the mat. And uh, for those who have not been with us before for a Jump to Conclusions Week pod, we usually do it after the third or fourth match in the Premier League season, where basically we look at what's happened so far and we come out with these grand proclamations, emphatic statements, and then we decide whether or not those conclusions are ones that we are, in fact, willing to jump to, or if we're a little hesitant and not, not ready to go quite to that place. So we have, I have a bunch here. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Let's go. Okay. All right, here's the first conclusion, JJ. Manchester City will become the second Premier League club to go unbeaten for an entire season. Are you jumping? Andrew, I am not going to jump. Okay. Now, that's not to say that City aren't a brilliant team. They are. Don't let you think for a second that they're not. I believe that. But I'm just deciding to believe the 23-24 Premier League is stronger up and down the table than the 2003-2004 version when Arsenal went unbeaten. City, at some point, will get beaten. And let's not forget that last season, the Liverpool in crisis mode managed to beat City once. 
Mm-hmm. And miserable Tottenham did it too. Brentford did the double on them, home and away. Brentford beat them home and away last season. And that was a heck of a city team. So I just think the law of averages suggests they're going to slip up somewhere. I mean, we saw them have a you know, fairly creaky performance at Bramall Lane. Um, I still think they're the team to beat. I still think they're going to win the league. I still think they're going to do it comfortably. But I, I, I do think they'll they'll suffer a defeat along the way, and we'll forget about it very quickly. I'm not jumping either. I'm with you. I'm going to stand pat. I mean, I agree with everything you said. They're great. Like they're they're probably the best team in the world. Um, the but, European so, champions. Yeah, trouble. I mean, defending trouble winners. Like, geez, um, they've beaten Burnley, Newcastle one nil, Sheffield United two one, and Fulham five one. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's not. At this stage in the season, that's just not convincing enough for me to say that this is going to happen. By the way, even if the four clubs that they had beaten so far were like Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs, and Chelsea, like I, I still, I still wouldn't jump. I mean, th- let's be honest, JJ. There's a reason this has only happened once. It's just asking way too much of even like the most machine-like clubs to just never have an off day. Even the the, the Manchester City side that tallied a hundred points, you know, they lost twice. So. It's just, I think it's just asking too much. I don't know how Arsenal did it. I know they tied a ton of games that year. Um, well, I believe, but yeah, but it's just, just, it's an outrageous achievement. And I don't think anyone, if it happens again, that's, uh, that's amazing, but I'll never, I don't think I'll ever predict it. Now, I, Liverpool made me think, uh, what was that? Two years ago, three years ago, you know, they, they got me to a place where I was starting to wonder if they were, if they were going to do it, but you know, eventually it's it's just such a difficult feat i don't know so you know and by the way like with the manchester city sides that pep has had i don't think this is his best one i mean like i said no. you had the you had the 100 point one you had the trouble one last year um so you know de bruyne is going to be out for a while gundawan's out the door mares is out the door you know maybe grealish and bernardo silva take it to another level maybe holland goes over 40 goals this season i don't know but or their depth in defending is just so great that no one can score against them. But even if all those things come true, it's just it's just too. I think it's just too difficult of a of a feat to achieve. And I agree with what you said that I think there's there's enough depth in this league uh, that somebody someone's going to bite them at some point. It just it's too it's too hard. I, I just want to give mention to the forty two uh, forty two game unbeaten run that was completed over two seasons by Nottingham Forest. Um, so 26 of the matches took place in the 77, 78 title winning season and 16 in the following campaign. So, um, you know, I, I just don't want to talk about the Premier League. There was outstanding teams before that, but it's so hard to do. It's really difficult to do. And, um, I don't, uh, I just don't see City doing it and it that doesn't take away from the greatness for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with all that. All right. So the first one, we're not jumping. Cowards. Cowards. Time for the next one. Here's our second conclusion. You tell me if you're jumping. Ange Ball will get Spurs into the top four. So I'm going to jump for this, Andrew. Um, And I will defer to you on the brilliant football that's created this wave of great feeling around Tottenham Hotspur, because that's the main reason they'll finish in the Champions League spots. But there's two other factors that may mean Spurs return to the Champions League. Number one is Newcastle struggles, and we'll talk about Newcastle a little later on, I think. Oh, a tease. A tease. Mm, I'm a total pro when it comes to this radio gig. 
Mm. Um, but but the other one is the UA, the extra UEFA Champions League spot. So this is from the Premier League website. <laughs> and this looks like it will happen. For the first time in Premier League history, the 23-24 season could have five teams qualifying for the UEFA Champions League through their league positions. As we know, traditionally top four uh, clubs in the Premier League go into the, uh, the Champions League. But the UEFA Champions League has a new format with an expanded 36 participating teams in the Swiss League format. So that allows for an additional place to be allocated to two countries whose clubs collectively performed the best in UEFA competitions the season before. So if the Premier League clubs provide one of the top two performances for a nation in 23-24, then the team finishing fifth this season will earn Champions League spot. There's every chance that could be the case. And if that is the case, that would be another way Spurs get into it. Now, I know you're asking for top four, but it could yeah. be top five could be the standard. I think on the on the merits of their football right now, they will, they can make the top four and Newcastle look like a shark in the tank that is going to slip out. But I will say this, um, Tottenham are going to go through a sticky patch. It's just, I don't think they have the depth. There's defensive problems as well. They might have to do something in January to make sure that they get that Champions League spot. JJ, I'm jumping too. I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, and look, some of it is is the reasoning that you just provided, but also too, like, so last year, three clubs finished in the top four that just one season before that finished fifth, sixth, and 11th. Right. In Arsenal, United, and Newcastle. And just a, a couple seasons ago, Tottenham went from seventh one year to fourth the next. So, like, this is not, like, I know it's like, oh, I can't believe they're saying this. This is hardly unprecedented that, like, they could do this. Certainly not. It just only felt so unrealistic because of, like, the morale around the club when last season ended. And because Harry Kane just left for Bayern Munich and it, it, it didn't feel didn't feel like they could lose him and get better because we only saw them playing one way the last four years. And it was basically all centered around him and son. Um, now they've changed that in comes a new manager. And that is no longer the case, you know, because when you lose a great player like Kane, it's not always about just like one guy stepping up to fill those shoes. It's about a lot of guys stepping up a little bit collectively to fill them. And that has happened. Basuma, Sar. We haven't even talked about Pape Sar uh, and and how well he's done. And who knows when Bentancourt comes back, he might be pushed right out of the lineup. Um, you know, but then on top of that, like you have James Madison who has come in and quite possibly filled Kane's shoes. Uh, he's currently who scored.com's highest rated player in the Premier League this season. 8.08 is his uh, his overall rating. He's been he's been sensational. Ben McAleer of who scored points out uh, Madison ranks top for key passes, second for dribbles. Um, of all Spurs players this season. He's taken more shots than any other Spurs player, and nine of his 13 shots have been from inside the box, which shows he's getting into threatening positions and has the confidence to chance his luck. He's been spectacular, and the way Ange plays with Tottenham constantly on the front foot, I think you know at some point, you're right, teams will probably adjust and play them differently than what we're seeing so far, but it, but it, it, it may just be one of those seasons where the adjustment doesn't come quickly enough. And uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at this point. JJ, even Jurgen, not Klopp, Klinsman, even he weighed in on this. On uh, oh. he was <laughs> talking to Why Planet. Is this good. He was talking to Planet Sport. I bet um, he was. He said, uh, 
he said, we all know what's happening in the league and how dominant Man City is and how difficult it is. I look at last year, Arsenal were amazing, but I see I see a team that is not less quality than Arsenal in this Spurs side. They have a fantastic coach now, a manager who is a good people person, and why can't they surprise a lot of people this year? Yeah. So Klinsman well, makes... believes. Yeah, great. Um, some of the animals pointed out uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, Klinsman was out there saying, hey, guys, Saudi Arabia, it's the league of the future. I think it's a very strong league. I think it's good that players are going there. I'm paraphrasing. And immediately the animals who have a very strong bullshit detector said, uh, Klinsy lining up his next job should South Korea go south. Oh, big time. I think the animals, the animals are very astute on this one. I think. Oh, yeah. I think no so question. Too, yeah. No, he's I reading. Think... The, he's reading the room, the financial oh. room. He's reading the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good old Lindsay. But I'm jumping. I think uh, I think Tottenham in these first four matches have shown me that they are they're capable of being a top four side. Maybe by the way, maybe that's silliness. But, but that's no, I'm... I don't think so. I don't think so. And uh, I, I, I look, whatever they'll be, they'll be damn enjoyable to watch. And that has not been the case for almost half a decade. Um, I should say, though. The way you've set up this rundown is rage-inducing for, for one set of supporters. Let's go to the next topic to explain. And so the next conclusion, JJ, as we go from Tottenham Ooh. finishing top four uh, to Arsenal will not be as good as they were last season. You are an absolute... like you're. A well, then let, me go, for... then let me go first here this time, because I will not jump to that. I am not prepared to say that Arsenal will not be as good as they were last season. Three He's wins, the friendly and... supporter of Tottenham, the guy you can trust. <laughs> Three wins and a draw for Arsenal so far, without really hitting their peak yet. Their t- their talisman Gabriel Jesus is only just coming back, and by the way, he scored already. Their 105 million pound signing is just starting to round into form. They tinkered for a few games with a back line with Thomas Partey playing right back Arteta trying to figure out like how to make up for the the loss of Yuri and Timber who clearly they were banking on in that signing um you know the guy who they want to fill in Tomiyasu comes in misses action with a red card like there were there was a lot going on back there that caused things to be unsettled but I think now they're settling back into what the preferred group is I think you saw that last week against Manchester United Bukayo Saka still looks like a total stud Martinelli Still looks like he's getting better. I won't jump. They they finished with 84 points last season. Now, if this if the conclusion here is that they have to finish with that number of points again for us to say that they were that they're the same level of good, I mean that's a big number, but it's not out of reach. It's it's not out of reach. And uh no, I, I will I will not jump to a conclusion that they won't be as good as they were. Definitely not. I'm ready to take the flack from a fan base that has proven itself for the last decade oh. to be Pretty sensitive, so here we go. I'm jumping. Oh, wow. Um, and, I, and I actually think they'll still finish second, but they won't be what they won't mount the same challenge they did last season. Um, they've made a rickety start to this season. That draw at home to Fulham, like that's that's killer. If they're if they're like if they're not in a title charge this season, like this last season was their best start to a Premier League season, so. This one isn't, then they're obviously not as good as last season. And that draw is, is, is of no help to them. Um, and they feel like they're in late season, like March grinded out mode rather than tearing into a title charge. Now, they could argue, hey, we're just building up steam. We're getting into our groove. Gabriel Jesus is coming back, as you pointed out. 
okay, fine. Um, and while Declan Rice was a great addition in the summer, I do believe that. Um, does that squad have the look of a team that is got answers on the bench? So if things aren't happening on the field, is that is is there? What is the drop off from the starting eleven to the bench? I mean, um, I think Eddie Nketiah has proven that he he can come in and get and give them goals. I I, I think I think the drop off's too much. I I think you look at it, Leandro Trossard. I mean, uh, I, I mean I, you know, I think highly of him. I talked about that in our season. Nelson Vieira, Jorginho. I I don't think it's enough. I I I genuinely don't think. It's strong enough. And then you look at some of the signings they have made. And I look at Havertz. Well. And like it wasn't an, it wasn't an insignificant amount of money that was spent. Like he's he still rank as one of he's got to be up there. I'm not sure. As no, one well, well, he was over 60 million, wasn't he? Yeah, 65 million. That's oh, huge yeah. money. Uh, this is where this is where my I, I conveniently omitted him from my defense of Arsenal. Right. <laughs> I can't so, def- I can't defend him. I'm not a Havertz guy. I never have been. So, like, why was he bought? Like, what did, what did uh, Arteta see that thinks he's going to? Because it's not about a project player. I can make this guy better. I can get something out of him. You have to be able to get something out of him that's going to help you bridge that gap between you and Manchester City. Like that is not there. You cannot see that right now. It reminds me, like Arteta's, like it's almost as if he's looked. He's one of those guys who, and we all know them. You you say uh, to your friend, "Oh, I'm I'm training for a half marathon," and he'll say, "I'm doing the same." And he go, "Oh yeah, what are you doing for your training?" And you'll give him this like kind of rudimentary plan, and he'll go, "Oh yeah, I'm doing that, but I'm doing it while I carry a brick around. I have a massive cinder block in my backpack, and I run with that." Hmm. It's as if Arteta is looking for something to make life more difficult, challenge. There is no reason to sign Havertz. There was no reason. I can't believe I didn't get more exercised about this during the summer or in our previews. But the more I look at it, the more it makes no sense. And then we get to the goalkeeper. I don't think Arsenal are deep enough. I worry about Havertz. And I look at the I look at the goalkeeper. Um, so Football 365 ranked all the Premier League goalkeepers. Mm. And they did it using FB ref the database and they use the post shot expected goals which is expected goals based on how likely the keeper is to save the shot when the number of goals they have conceded is, is subtracted is subtracted we are left with the figures below fb ref explains that positive numbers suggest better luck or an above average ability to stop shots Aaron ramsdale is bottom of the premier league heap at minus 1.8 and we so are is that in... so far this season so or, far this season, yeah, okay. and then, and and we're we're, you know, we're hearing about he might be dropped. Um, we're reminded how Bernd Leno was dropped for him. Bernd Leno started, then there was an international break, and in came Aaron Ramsdale. So, I just, I'm not, I'm not convinced by some of the goalkeeping I've seen from him this season. You know, Roy Keane constantly talked about that Schmeichel was worth twelve points a season in the saves he'd make. Now, I don't know if I was able to quantify that, but like Schmeichel used to make saves that were the difference between winning a point on the road or winning a game on the road. I don't see that with Ramsdale. So I actually think Arsenal would still probably finish second, but they'll be well adrift of City. And if they're further back than City and not as 
not as competitive in the title charge as they were last season, then how is that better? They're not better. Um, no, I mean, look, I don't know. Competing with City is, is obviously going to be difficult, but if that's your only measurement of whether or not they're better than la- as good as they were last season, then yeah, that, that may be hard. I don't know if they'll be able to mount the same kind of challenge, but does that mean that they got worse? I don't know. I don't know that I'm willing to say that. And I don't know that I'm as... I don't know. They, do, they don't seem as fluid as last season yet. And again, it's, this is why it's jumped to conclusions. We could come back after the break and they, they, they could find that rhythm. There was a couple of times against United where I thought, yeah, that reminds me of Arsenal last season. But you could also make the argument that Arsenal haven't been the same since, we'd say, when Saliba got injured. So mm-hmm. go back to, what was that, February? So whenever Saliba was injured in the in the Europa League, take it all the way through. Arsenal have not been the same since that, and they continue to not be the same. Yeah, I mean, against United, I think the uh, the Odegaard goal looked like Arsenal. The the move that resulted in Saka uh, having that shot saved from point blank range that looked like Arsenal. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah the of depth. Course thing... I don't know. This is jumping to conclusions, right? But would... uh, but like in terms of their depth, look if they go if they go back to a back four of Saliba and Gabriel at center back, Ben White and Zinchenko out wide, you know, then, you know, you move uh, Thomas Partey back into the midfield. Maybe you move Kai Havertz off of the bench. The bench. Now you have Odegaard, Declan Rice, and Thomas Partey as your midfield with Jorginho, Fabio Vieira, and Mill Smith-Rowe and Kai Havertz on the bench. Up front, Saka, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus with Nketiah and Trossard on the bench. Like all of a sudden uh, I'm starting to list some, some pretty decent bench options there. So I, I'm not. I don't know that I'm willing to go to a place where I would say that they're they don't have the depth. I don't like it. I just don't like it. All right. Well, I guess we have 34 more games to find out uh, whether or not this conclusion, <laughs> who's right on this one. We I shall can't see. wait to take Pelters now. Arsenal had gave us no reason really last season to be too down on them, and now oh here we go. I can feel them twitching, like twitching into life. Well, you all know where to reach us. No, yeah, at CO Soccer Pod on Twitter, Caught Offside Pod on Instagram, Caught Offside Pod at gmail.com. We are, we are, we are accessible. Next conclusion. I am fascinated by what you're going to say here. Okay. Here's the conclusion Eddie Howe will not be Newcastle's manager at the end of this season. Um, he will not be Newcastle's manager at the end of the season. I'm not jumping okay. because I have some caveats here now, but I'm not jumping. I think they'll change manager in the summer, but he won't be gone before the end of the season. Okay. He'll get, he'll get to the end of the season. And I think they'll change manager in the summer when they have more options. Like the, the Saudis, the PIF, and and those that represent them, rather those that re- represent them in, in Newcastle, are trying to do this despite like a huge outlay on players. They are trying to do this in a kind of a fairly measured fashion. And I don't think that they'll want to try and switch streams in the middle of a season and probably get in a manager then that they're not 100% happy with. I think they'll want to dip into the market of manager when they have time. So I think by the spring, if Newcastle keep trending the way they are in the league, I think they'll be ready for a change in the spring. Thanks, Eddie, et cetera, et cetera. 
and they'll be identifying players from our other managers from March on and then they'll make a move in the summer. Now, the one caveat I would have, if the Champions League Group F is a disaster and they are humiliated, then they may they may reevaluate that and try and get a manager. But like who who's out there of the status that they'd want to get in? They'd have to price someone away from another club, I think. So I'm not I don't I don't I think they'll try and stay the course till the end of the season, whatever happens with how. So I think he'll be manager to the end of the season and he'll get changed in the summer. A reminder of Group F. PSG, Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan and Newcastle. Now, I'm, I think you'd be foolhardy to think Newcastle can't make some noise in that group. But the way they're playing right now, it looks less likely than before. So, And it's definitely I'm, the most I'm, difficult group. Um, I, I, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head. Yes, probably. So, so that's my caveat. But I'm I'm not jumping. I think he'll make it through the season. I'm not jumping either. However, oh. for me, I'm not jumping. Uh, however, this was of all of the ones we have here. This one was the hardest so far, in my opinion, and it's the hardest because the ownership group doesn't have a track record yet. Like we don't know. They haven't been put in a position yet where they've had to reveal what their approach is to management and these kinds of decisions. Well, like, are they going to do what Arsenal did with Mikel Arteta and give him the space and time to figure it out? Or is it going to be like a Roman Abramovich at Chelsea approach where it's like the wind blows and they change managers, managers who had experienced incredible success. there, gone. Um, we don't know. We, they have no track record yet for us to know. So, like, right now, JJ, go on Google, type in the name Eddie Howe. The first headline you see already, just four games into the season. This is why we're doing this. The first headline, Newcastle United manager Eddie Howe under pressure at St. James Park, claims former club hero. Here's what uh, Andy Cole told Bet Fred. Uh, he said, nothing surprises me when it comes to owners and fans wanting results. If you're not getting results, then the clubs are going to look for something else, regardless of whether they're ahead of schedule or not. If Newcastle United come back after the international break and lose another league game, they have Brentford next and losing the champions league. They have AC Milan first there. Then that's not the start. Anybody connected with Newcastle would have wanted. So Eddie would be under a bit of pressure. That's the game we're in. I mean, he's, he's probably not wrong. Right. Now, like you and I, before the season, we both felt that it was distinctly possible that Newcastle was going to take a step back. However, I don't know. We haven't talked about this yet. I've started watching the Amazon Newcastle uh, docuseries. I haven't yet. I heard it's awful. <laughs> um, so I, I have started it and it's fine. Like it's there are parts of it that I roll my eyes very hard at where they almost get stuck in the back of my head there's other the parts where, where they're in Jeddah. <laughs> there's other parts that i you know i'll smile a little bit and not get a little of an enjoyment out of it um but i will say this like i think you can glean certain things from what you see in these documentaries and i think i do think that eddie howe is genuinely liked by these owners from the little bits you see and i'm only like i've watched one episode so far he's so been Pete, a great defender he knows nothing of the world when he's asked a question about human rights. I mean, I'm I'm but a football manager. I was born in a dressing room. 
and I came out and I was looked after by other managers and raised on in a dugout on the side of a field. I know nothing of the world. Yeah, I only know grass and white chalk and bowls and sweating and four four two. Yeah, he's the Mowgli of football managers. He was raised by wolves. Um but I do think you can tell in the from the limited amount I've seen, other people who have seen more, maybe your opinion has changed, that that would surprise me. I think they like him. And also, too, Amanda Stavely literally tells them in the beginning of the show at the start of last season, she literally says, we're not good enough to finish top four. That shouldn't be the expectation. That's not a direct quote. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what she says. This team's not good enough. We should, we're not there yet. So, like, he he achieved something that was really, I think, beyond what they were capable of. I feel like this ownership group knows that. You know, I know they added Tenali in the transfer window. I know they added Harvey Barnes, but like, is that enough to make you think that the expectation of what Newcastle should be achieving has gone up? I don't know. I don't know. So I think, I think Eddie Howe in achieving what he achieved last season, got himself to a place where he, he, like you said, at least gets a full season here, barring something wildly unforeseen. Like they, they fall into a relegation race. Right. Um, which I don't think, you know, for whatever struggles I think they may experience this year, I don't see that happening. Um, so I think I won't jump. He'll he'll still be their manager by the end of the season. Okay. Um, all right. Next one, JJ. And there have been some further developments with this one. Next conclusion. Anthony will never play for Manchester United again. Um, I'm going to jump on that one. Okay. I think... Um... There's reports today, uh, like you alluded to, two other women coming forward to make allegations against Anthony involving violence. Um, and I also think there's a new part to this. Uh, United, you know, they released a statement saying they were taking things very seriously, but there's there's a kind of a new um, element to this um, because of reporting in Brazilian media about United and the way they handle this. And uh, Paul McInnes in The Guardian Manchester United deny any cover-up in allegations against Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, the club have described as categorically false reports in the Brazilian media that United sought to conceal an attack on Gabriela uh, Cavalin, Anthony's formerly, former girlfriend, by arranging to have her treated by a club doctor rather than visiting a hospital. The claims were reportedly first made by Cavalin's legal representatives in a submission to Sao Paulo police authorities as part of an ongoing investigation into a number of alleged instances of abuse. It was confirmed this week that Greater Manchester Police are also looking into the claims, allegations that Anthony strongly denies. Um, United said on Thursday, any suggestion that the club co- covered up these allegations is categorically false. Yeah. So this stems from, that- th- this is from The Athletic. Um, Cavalin mm-hmm. also said that a United employee called Danielle was, quote, responsible for sending the two doctors to treat me after the alleged incident at the Manchester Hotel. United confirmed this relates to Danielle Bertoli, the first team player care officer, and that arranging a doctor for partners and family members of players is a common and standard task performed by the club's player welfare team. And Gabriella uh, Cavalin says that this is what they did for her. Um, right, which would lead you to believe that the club was aware of what happened. Now that exactly. doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that they covered it up, 
but it does mean that they've been aware for roughly a year of this behavior. Right. And, they're and, directly not, and, invo- and to, and to our knowledge have not done anything about it. No. And certainly um, a lot of people were pointing out, well, you know, it would make a, a, it would set a, a dangerous precedent if United were to um, suspend or to take him out of first team action um, based on, uh, you know, an investigation. But I mean, the the evidentiary standards for Manchester United to suspend a player or to take a player out of the first team are not the same as those that need to, in the judicial system, to, to prompt an arrest or charges. You know, United can operate on, on a different level. And, and the problem is now, the problem is knowledge. They knew so much. They were directly involved. The club member was directly involved um, in this in in the aftermath of this incident so i i think especially considering the the poor handling of the mates and greenwood affair i think united are have no choice but to act now the problem is there's seems to be like a leadership vacuum at the top of united i mean the way they dithered over mason greenwood and look to kind of bring in outside parties and try to involve the women's players who were at the World Cup in, in making this decision. There was a lot of pass in the buck until it was exposed by Adam Crafton excellently in the Athletic and then it kind of it forced their hand on it. Mm-hmm. And they even flew, you know, they flew kites to see would it be okay to get Greenwood back into the squad. I don't think they can do this with Anthony now. I think they're bang to rights. I think they have to um, suspend him and the they have to at least suspend him, and I think if they do that that much, I don't think he plays for United again. I agree. I'm I am also jumping to this conclusion. I think I think we've seen him play for Manchester United for the last time, which is yep. quite a thing. I mean the the report that you are talking about today. I'm reading from the Athletic. Two more women came forward on Thursday with accusations against the winger, according to reports in Brazil. Extra reported that a woman called uh, Reza de Freitas filed a police complaint against him on May 20th, 2022, claiming she needed hospital treatment after being in the former Ajax player's car with another woman and a hairdresser following a visit to a nightclub in Sao Paulo. A third woman, a banker, Ingrid Lana, 33, also alleged Anthony pushed her against the wall and tried to have sex with her when she visited his house in England last October on business. In an interview with Record TV due to be broadcast on Sunday, Lana said he tried to have sexual relations with me and I didn't want to. Um, I just think this is only going to get worse. I don't know that this, because it's so, it's right on the heels of what happened with Mason Greenwood. So Manchester United are already in the news for this. This is happening in that atmosphere. Um, These accusations are all out there now. We don't know if there are other women, you know, two just came forward, two more came forward today. Um, I don't see this as a thing that's going to go away. And I think we've talked about this. We, when the snowball starts rolling in, in a lot of these situations, it always ends at the same place. And it's just a matter of how long Manchester United want to drag it out before it gets there. Um, but I think this is ugly. And I think that for that club right now, I don't think that, I don't know that they want to take another PR hit the way they did with Mason Greenwood. I mean, the way they can't, they, I mean, they can't get out of their own way right now. I mean, the news today, I don't know if you saw the news about the if the former uh, women's coach who was a convicted pedophile who United 
who United invited back as a guest of honor. Oh my! Like a rudimentary to watch a, to watch a women's first team game. Um, a rudimentary Google, or even just any knowledge of the club. Like who dropped the ball on that one? Uh, it was um, incredible. Uh, yeah, it, like it's just it just seems to be. You see, I don't want to conflate like stuff that's happening on the field, like Jason Sancho's situation. I don't want to be like, oh well, it's symptomatic of a like. Like, I I do think you should separate these things a little bit, but they are they are also like just all levels of 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 dysfunction. Um, like who's running the show here? Mm-hmm. Like who's in? Who's taking responsibility? There's it just seems such a mess, um, and like I said, it's it's one thing after another. Today, you know, we had the extra allegations in the Anthony case. We had the we had that as I mentioned the the pedophile, the convicted sex offender, they invited back uh, to the club. I mean, yeah, what's going on there? What is going on? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And I think by Brazil doing what they did, I think they may have accelerated this process by removing him from their squad during this international I think, break. I, I think, think that, absolutely. I think that's, yeah. that, that properly so uh, shine a light on this. And I don't um, think there's any legal impediment to United suspending or taking him out of the squad. It just isn't. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about the other day, that while an investigation is occurring, we feel it's best in, in our best interest and Anthony's best interest to have him take some time away while we, this investigation can be completed, yada, yada. And I think I think the investigation seems like, I mean, as more evidence and, and accusations come out, it feels like that investigation is heading in a certain direction. But we'll see. I mean, it is innocent until proven guilty. Um, and we should remember that. But we think just... that these things are handled, handled right now at Manchester United is not befitting of the biggest club in the world. Yeah. Um, all right. One more, JJ. One more conclusion. Okay. And this is really... This is really just to wind you up because this was so prevalent in the news the other day. Um, Evan Ferguson will never play for Ireland again. Now, Andrew, Andrew, I'm not jumping. I'm not even moving. Oh. Um, can we listen to Evan Ferguson ages ago explain why he won't be playing for England? It's not going to happen. Nah, nah. <laughs> I've just seen a few. Like, obviously, Mav's English, so that's where the toy comes in, but... I've seen a few saying, oh, willy, willy, but I can, I can tell you now it's, it's a no. Yeah, I don't think your dad will let that happen <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Won't be allowed back. <laughs> so born in Ireland, plays in Ireland, grew up in Ireland, is Irish. His mom is English. That was the only, the only you know, avenue to play for England. And he doesn't want to. And not only does he not want to, he couldn't. Um. This is the the quote from uh, from Forbes article, which explained. Now, I I will admit there was a lot of people um, who jumped on. I think it was Sports Bible, and then a couple of other websites who should know better, including ESPN UK. You know who 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 kind of suggest they put uh, Ferguson's quotes about not playing for England. And they framed it as if it was an actual option. It is no longer an option. This is from the Forbes article. Um, I will forgive some people because these rule changes came in uh, late, I think, in, was it early 2019? And, um, and were soon soon forgotten. 
um, because there wasn't much fanfare. But players can now switch national teams, even if they have played in, in an official competition. This applies so long as they have played no more than three matches, including friendlies for that club and Fergus, or for that team. And Ferguson has been, has been capped six times for Ireland. So even if he wanted to suddenly play for England, which he doesn't, it was, it's not an option. He can't do it. And I think so, the, the friendlies thing, I think, is what has uh, yes. tricked people. Yes, because um, the traitor Rice, he played three friendly senior international friendlies for Ireland and then switched. And that was under the old rules in 2018. He played against Turkey, the United States, and he played against France. And uh, that was under the old rules, which you could play as many friendlies as you want. Once you played a competitive game, then you were capped tight. These these rules are a bit more nuanced. So um, so for all the people who tweeted me, first of all, amplifying stuff from Odds Bible and Sport Bible or whatever they are mm-hmm. is a dangerous game. Um, and I, I saw, saw you, you sent a very nasty tweet at them. From the show account, no less. Yes, morons, I call them. <laughs> um, but they're morons that have successfully cornered a massive following in football. It's amazing the following these accounts have. Hmm. Um, and another one on Instagram, Rising Ballers, they went as far as to put him in a half and half shirt, half Ireland, half England. Um so yeah, my concerns are not about Evan Ferguson's uh, commitment to Ireland. It's more about his knee. He uh, suffered a knee injury or was carrying a knee injury, according to Ireland manager Stephen Kenny. Even going into the hat trick game against Newcastle, he came off after his third goal. And uh, when he went to join up with the Irish team, the medical staff ruled him out of the games against France, played today, and the Netherlands. So, um, so that that was what absolutely. got this all. That's what got this all into the uh, the fervor that it was because no one knew he was hurt. We all just saw him score a hat trick. Oh, suddenly he's hurt. Uh oh, something's up. Yeah. Like that. That's that's where this all. That's the 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 driving force of this. But 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 it's amazing because English people were the ones that were really jumping on this. Irish people were like, no, we're not bothered. He's definitely playing for us. Don't worry about it. But oh, you were bothered. People... If you're gonna fire off a moron's tweet. I know you. I know you're. Bothered. Oh no, I was. I was bothered by the response, but we weren't bothered that are scared or worried that it was actually going to happen. We were bothered by the response, and it was mainly English football supporters and Americans getting it wrong. Now those those are the two people, the two peoples who know less about Ireland than anyone in the world. Americans know so little about Ireland. It's it's crazy, crazy. How dare you? And um, and English people even though they're so close, have no knowledge either of, of Ireland. So like they'd hear his accent and they'd never think, well, wow, that's a really strong Irish accent. You know, it's not like Jack Grealish who talks with a Birmingham accent or Declan Rice who talks with a London accent, like sure. clearly born in England. Um, so yeah, just goes to show you the power of misinformation and massive, massive aggregator accounts. Let, let's say he did though. Like, let's say the rules were, or he wasn't quite at the threshold yet. And this this would be way worse than Declan Rice, no? Um, oh, yeah, because he because he was born in, and bred in the country and came through the footballing system. And, and he's made these of, comments like, no, I'm well, not going like. Well, no, well, Decky did the same, though. Declan Rice okay. actually did. Like, 
Declan Rice is why don't why don't I have the Rice audio to hand? God, um, Declan Rice in his first interview when he was called into the Ireland camp was like, "Oh, my, my parents are so proud, um, uh, my whole family's so proud, my dad's so proud, and, and my my grandparents are really really proud." You know, it's always the challenge when you put on the Irish shirt um, to do your best because someone can take it away from you. And oh, well. Rice leaned all the way in, like went yeah. so hard. And and the thing about Rice is, Rice never played underage for anyone else. Like, he never played underage for England. Like, Grealish had, had caps in the 16s and the 21s for England. Like, uh, Rice did not. Rice was Ireland 15s, 16s, 17s, 21s, senior team. Mm-hmm. Declan Rice was named Irish Senior Player of the Year in a vain attempt to keep him. <laughs> Like what Rice did is is absolutely it will never leave me. It was like no shame. Yeah. No shame. Yeah. yeah. So there we are. All right. Well, there you go. I, I should go on record, by the way, as saying that I did jump on this one. You did. I couldn't yeah, believe yeah, you. Yeah. You outing yourself as a thickle. Yeah, I jumped. As I a moron. I think it's I over. I think it's time for you gotta start wrapping your mind around it. It's over. Oh no, seriously, if there was a world in which this some alternate universe where he lined up for England. I, I would be. There's no nobody could hurt me like that if that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. But by the way, I should shouldn't say I was crestfallen. He couldn't play against France. Ireland soundly beaten in the Parc de France tonight. Um, I mean, France. You, you felt they had like they had seven extra gears that they never hit. Uh, Chumani with a, a what a um, what a goal. Yeah, brilliant goal. But Ireland have an awful, awful statistical record on conceding goals. Like 11 of the last 27 we've conceded have been from outside the box. Like that's a lot. Hmm. Um, and Bazuno just couldn't get near it. Brilliant goal. Absolutely brilliant goal. And then um, Turam, a uh, bit of a scramble in the box and he guided one home. But like it could have been a lot worse. I mean, it wasn't a terrible performance from Ireland, but. You're never the winning that game. If the France, fin- playing France in Paris, like, you're just not winning that. No, no, the goal. No, it, uh, attention turns to the next game, which is against uh, the the Netherlands, and um, and we literally we have to go and beat the Netherlands at home. We have to win that game. Uh, right now, we good are, luck with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's where we are. Hey, it's the. Uh, it's it's just accepting where we are right now. Uh, losing to Greece in Greece absolutely screwed us. And now we're playing catch-up. Uh, the group right now is France on top with 15 points. Netherlands in second with six. Greece in third or joint second with six. Uh, goal difference is what's keeping the Netherlands above them. Ireland with three points. And Gibraltar propping up the table with zero Netherlands beat Greece three nil today. They yeah. three first half goals, and that was all they comfortable. Needed. So like, yeah, like what 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 hope do we have? I mean, it's these are dire dire times, and uh, Stephen Kenny under serious pressure. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. While we're on the topic of of some of these international uh, qualifiers, World Cup qualifying, incredibly, has started in Brazil, and wouldn't you know it, Lionel Messi seventy eighth minute, it's nil nil, Argentina Ecuador free kick from the same exact spot that he's seemingly scored all of his free kicks so far in MLS, and he buries it again. He just it's... slips it. It's so nonchalant now. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I love him. I love watching him. 
Never retire. Please, please, never, never. Um, that was it. That was Jump to Conclusions Week, JJ. Are, were there any others? I know I, I had thought about including one and you you mocked me. You said, why? Why would we do that? I was going to do Brentford or the new Brighton. Um, but you you said no, they're already good. Oh, I said, but, they're, but they have the highest, second highest XG of anybody so far this season. Though they're, they're playing very fun and scoring a lot of goals. You said, eh. oh, okay. So uh, you know he's not into it. So why? No, we had why, to know. Why I think we had to know. You know what we should do? We should go to a break because we have things to say about Jordan of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead. We'll do that. More caught offside right after this. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, back now on Caught Offside, scorching hot New York City. It's oh, it's too ridiculous. hot, man. I've seen people at the U.S. Open. They're just like... Uh, are they even enjoying it? I, I saw Daniil Medvedev said someone's going to die on the court. I mean, like it, it's. I get that it's hot, but I don't know. It felt like maybe he was, maybe he was being a little dramatic. Although I don't know. I guess heat stroke is a real thing. You know what I saw tonight, JJ, at the U.S. Open? Oh. Um, a a um, climate activist. Yes. Glued his feet. I guess there were three climate activists, and they. I, I didn't see the exact clip, but I guess they made some kind of commotion, and then yeah. one of them glued his feet to the <laughs> to the floor, so they couldn't move him. Now, eventually, they did. I don't know if that if it if they ripped Took the him soles out of his, his shoes, right? <laughs> no, he wasn't wearing shoes. He glued he put glue on his bare feet oh, and glue. glued himself. <laughs> so, and they again they moved him. I don't know if that ripped skin off. That is, God, that is that's messed up. That is tough. That is, I mean, ah, oh, God. Does it, you think of the panic whenever you get super glue on a part of your body. It's like, uh, ah! <laughs> you're just like running around. Oh, yeah, no, to, I'll be deformed think, forever. To think he did um, it voluntarily. Yeah. Listen, look, um, and I, it, it's not a political position to take for me. These people are annoying. They are so annoying and they get in the way of of a lot of our joy and and in some sometimes in 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 the way of our commute and the way of our football remember last season the guy who tied himself to the post at goodison right. park by the way tying yourself 
to an object that means you can't be removed from Goodison Park is some weird ass torture for yourself. I'm not sure even that the saving the planet is worth that. But um, but they are annoying. They are all those things. They are also right. They are very, very right. I agree that about the, that. That is the so, other problem. That's the thing I often wonder about, not even with regards to these protests specifically. You see protests with PETA, any kind of protest. Yeah. I just I just wonder does it does it work do these kind like when when you know you'll see sometimes in protests people will like chain themselves across a highway and and cause like a yeah. 15 mile backup and no one can get to work like it's like well you're talking about it now okay i am yeah. but like have you also alienated us and pushed people away from your cause i i, I just don't know maybe look they must do them for a reason mm. maybe there is proof that these these kinds yeah. of protests do work but I don't know. I, I genuine—it's a genuine question that I'm asking. I—I I don't know. I, I feel like Greenpeace, um, in the in the eighties and the nineties, did have success in some of the things that they did. You know, like disrupting whaling, uh, in Japan and J- Japanese waters, and and some of the things they tried to do in terms of the environment. I feel like maybe there's no evidence. It's just a feeling I have that they got kind of got some changes done and laws done uh-huh. in terms of protecting wildlife and the environment. Um, I don't know if this works. Yeah. Like I know in this country, they just like the uh, so many people, they, they range from rolling their eyes to being downright angry and seeing it, seeing it as like an attack on their freedoms whenever these people point out anything to them. Right. So, but then what is the right way? To get I, people see, having the conversation, like you obviously, like they did this at the U.S. Open because there's a lot of eyeballs and attention, right. and so like they knew they had to do something wild. Gluing your feet to the floor Jesus. is that, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the right way is to get the attention that you're seeking for a cause. It's it. it I mean, as I guess as long as it's peaceful, like tonight, nobody was hurt. The only thing was that they kept. They delayed the game by 40 minutes, I think. So they're inconveniencing you to make a point. Is is that terrible? You know, it's not terrible. Is it better for them to like fly a plane overhead with a message behind it? Um, but would that make it onto TV? I don't think so. Probably I mean, not. That can, I mean, I mean, that barely gets rid of a manager these days anymore. <laughs> so oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, I know we've got some, um, some listeners with some views they won't like hearing this they won't like this at all but they are right i just i get that they're annoying it's not that i don't know they're annoying i get but like when they are right it's it's kind of hard to ignore uh let's see jj before we continue here i just want to remind everybody that support for caught offside is brought to you by manscaped the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. So join over 8 million men worldwide. I wonder what that number's up to now. We've been doing this read for a while. That's got to be up over 14 million. I got to think that we've almost doubled to be. that and, and, just I mean, by ourselves. I mean, the Manscaped people were delighted with the with the uptake from the listeners. And I yeah. would tell you right now, it's not close, but the holidays, you should start thinking about the holidays early. And yeah, I, I, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing gift that would be. Yeah, it's and with our code caught offside at manscaped.com, you get 20% off on on the uh, it's a bargain on this. And, and you know, I Andrew, should, it's uh, a bargain for your balls. Is yeah, that fair for me to say. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and I, I texted you 
uh, last week. Yes. I was in a public restroom oh, going to no. use going. And I'm sorry if we're going to we're going to get we're going to get a little crude here. But these reads are already like that. Um, but I, I got to be honest with with you and all of our listeners. We always talk about some weird experiences that happen in our lives. I was in a public restroom oh, of a relative of a nice place. Like not like the Port Authority bathroom. Like it wasn't something like that. It was like a nice place. Um, where Port Authority access... bathrooms got a lot better. I've seen some weird things in, in some of those bathrooms. Um, Do tell. <laughs> but arguably the weirdest happened in this bathroom, which had limited access. Not any, not just anybody could get into this bathroom. And I go to use a urinal in, a, in this public restroom. A and urinal. JJ, and there are, <laughs> and there are pubes, clearly recently shaved pubes around in and around the urinal. In and, and around I'm, the football club. <laughs> There's tubes in and around the football club. And I'm just thinking, who who in their right mind is doing this? Okay, I'll tell you, who, I'll tell you a... who's not I'll tell you who's not doing it. People who use Manscaped because it's That's so right. easy. You do it in your bathroom. Cleanup is, is a cinch. There's no reason for you to be risking public I mean public humiliation. Let's put it what it is. So if I walked in there, I could have easily walked in there just three minutes earlier, saw some guy doing that in a public restroom urinal. What do you, what's the matter with you? Get them, get Manscaped 20% off, caught offside at manscaped.com. Do this in your bathroom where it's so easy. Cleanup is easy. The whole thing is easy. This is insane behavior. People can't do this in public restrooms. Can I defend the guy? Oh, come on. Just briefly. He's, He's on his way to a date and he discovers, oh man, I haven't trimmed down there at all. He's about to get the bus to Jersey to meet this gal. He knows it's me. She might be down for some loving, as the kids say. And he and he just did what he had to do. And he didn't know about Manscaped. In all seriousness, though, what what is the actual situation that you would have to be in where you would walk into a public restroom and say, I must do this now? I have maybe to. It's, maybe it's one of those weird compulsions. You that's know. a new one. I've never seen uh, that one. Maybe, so maybe weird. that's maybe he wasn't going on a date at all. Maybe that's his kink. I'm all look. I mean, we've been doing these reads for months. I'm all for grooming yourself down there, but not in a public restroom. Just get manscaped and do it at home, like a normal, well-adjusted adult. Twenty yeah. percent off and free shipping with code caught offside at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code caught offside. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped. Very strange. You see weird things in the city. That was, that's one of them. That's on my list. Um, let's see, JJ, winding it down here. Uh, so we had mentioned it, of course, we should talk about it. Uh, Jordan Henderson gave an interview um, where he, what was it, with The Athletic, I think? Yeah, Adam Crafton and yeah. uh, David Ornstein. And so they did a great job, I thought. Oh, fantastic. They really did. Um, and he addressed, you know, they they pressed him on things about the way the LGBTQ plus community now views him, what he makes of that, um, you know, why he did this, the role that money played. And, you know, you'll go, I'm sure you'll go through some of his answers, but the only thing that I would say beforehand in having, you know, heard some of his responses, I don't know why he agreed to do this. I don't know if he thought the answers he was going to give would satisfy whatever it was people were looking for. Um, but they, for me, at least they so didn't. No. And I don't know. I don't know if his team said, you know, yeah, say this, Jordan, and that will get people back on your side. It was he gave all of like there was nothing surprising. There was no 
there was no revelatory line from him that made me rethink the way I look at it. It was also standard. It was everything that I thought that I just like thought he was thinking when he did this in the first place, like nothing changed my mind. I don't know why he agreed to this. It was a little, it's a little strange for me. No, I, I mean, his basic reasoning about um, the community, the LGBTQ community that he so steadfastly defended and, and talked about while he was Liverpool captain he basically said to them in the interview, well, I'm sorry you feel that I've let you down, but I didn't mean to hurt anyone. It's the, that's the main thing. He thinks he can still be an ally while playing in Saudi Arabia to this community. He'll always be an ally to them. He does not. He either doesn't see the connection between playing in Saudi Arabia in a country where you can be killed for being gay he either doesn't see it or he does see it and he doesn't care. And he's just saying these things. His reasons for leaving Liverpool were were pathetic. Um, not pathetic. See, uh, those I believe. Like, I don't know no, how no, much he, he was he, in Jurgen Klopp's plans moving forward. No, he felt he wasn't in Jurgen's plans at the end of the season. The view he got was that he was going to play less. So he went away, got himself into the best shape possible, came back, felt as if nothing had changed. And then felt as if the club would be happy to move him on. And when the when Al-Ithiad came in, that was made very clear that they, they seemed happy to do business. And then, then Steven Gerrard got on the phone to him and sold him this vision of building a club and building a league in Saudi Arabia, which captivated him. He says it wasn't about the money. I mean... He says the money that's been reported is not uh, is nowhere close, um, but it is, I mean it clearly is more than he was on uh, than he was on at Liverpool, which was substantial money too. Um, the idea that it's not about the money, the idea that a player who is a regular in the England squad, who was captain in Liverpool, who won the Premier League and the Champions League in the last few years, chooses to go to Al Ittihad in the Saudi Arabian league. And it's not about the money. It's if, just, it, yeah. If, if it wasn't about the money, he, for fools. if it wasn't about the money, he would have gone to another Premier League club. He just would. Have, another Premier League club would have had that guy. You know, yeah, he, he, he didn't just suddenly have some urge to like, why all of a sudden does he want to help develop the league in Saudi Arabia, especially with his ties to the LGBTQ plus community? Like none of it, none of it adds up. I, I think. I think the the buffer we hit here with Jordan Henderson, and it's a good it's a good test case for sports stars, um, not all sports stars, but for a lot of them. You know what the 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 gap between what you say and then what you do. Like it is pretty easy in England to say I'm an ally uh, ally of uh, LGBTQ plus people. I I care about them. I um, will defend them. I'll wear rainbow laces. Um, I'll, you know, I'll wear the armband. As he said, I wore the laces. I wore the armband, you know. Uh, okay, fine. But like, what does it mean then when, when you actually have to do something like tangible, right? Like reject Saudi Arabian money. And I think we've discovered that the, it's it's much easier to say these things than to actually follow through when put to the test, and I um I I see that in his case. I it's amazing though he wrote nine hundred words, 
in a Liverpool program as captain about this issue. Like, that's not nothing. No. Like, when does a footballer ever write that amount or even is given the space to um, to express himself like that? So it's very, very strange. I, I guess... I guess he had a price. I don't want to say everyone has a price because I, I don't believe that. Um, I do believe there are some people who have who are made of have more moral fiber than that. Um, but I guess he had a price. Um, the well, he probably saw the writing on the wall. He's getting older. There's probably not another really significant payday coming his way. He could have made a nice, a good living, of course, at another Premier League club, but obviously what do nothing. What you mean a good even... living? An amazing living. I'm talking relative, wildest dreams. relatively speaking. I'm not talking relative to you and I. I'm talking relative to Premier League stars. Uh, of course, yes, relative to a normal human being, he's making out an outrageous amount of money. Um, but that's probably how he saw it. This is really my last chance to set my family up in a way that oh, is... Jesus Christ, I'm telling that's, you what I think he was thinking. You don't have to agree with it, but this no, is no, no, obviously what he was thinking. That's another one. That's being a defense of him online. Well, you know, he's, he, he sets his up family for generations to come. Like, so, like, for generations to come. What are you on about? Like, that's the that's the weirdest thing right now. Like, who are you working for right now, Andrew? You're working for your kids and your wife so they can have a good life. That's it. You're thinking about down the line, your great, great, great grandkids. I got to make sure yeah. they've got two swimming pools and a Bentley. Like, it's mad stuff. It's, you know what? I'm so glad. You, I've never heard somebody really articulate this. You're right. F them. <laughs> stupid. Like, <laughs> um, Yeah. I, I found it very frustrating. And it must have been frustrating for the guys as well because he, he also went down, you know, the idea that if I'm out if I'm out there with the views I have playing, is surely that's a good thing. Yeah. How'd that go when they blacked out his rainbow armband in the introductory video? Right. He was asked about that. Adam Crafton asked him about that. He said he didn't know about that. I mean, you see, again, like and he talked about how, you know, Qatar and then he had heard about all the human rights violations. And then the, the Qataris took him and met, they met some of the workers and the workers were, were happy and safe and things were OK. And he's like, oh, what's the problem? Man? Like, like, are you yeah. that thick? You know, yeah. are you no, that it's, stupid? It's disappointing. It's disappointing. It's, it's, ve- it's very it's disappointing uh, it's, when anybody. But when you it, it hurts more when you think and you have someone who's an ally to a, a certain uh, cause, they've made themselves out to be that. And then I think that's when it hurts a little bit more. Uh, Quiva O'Neill, uh, I did it. She's um, she's gay. Uh, she writes for The Athletic um, and she did a piece. She's a Liverpool supporter and she did a piece for them two months ago. Look it up about how uh, and, you know, how, she, how let down she felt. And I love that guy. I absolutely loved him. But I would be lying if I if this hasn't changed my perception of him. Uh, yeah. You know, he just seemed like such a solid citizen. Story about his dad getting cancer and how they embraced on the field in Madrid in 2019 after winning the Champions League and how it meant so much for his dad to be there and the tears and uh and yeah, all the stuff he wrote about the the gay community and and um how he cared about them and how he cared about those causes and yeah it's it's not nice disappointing it's disappointing but people Um, disappoint you yeah people disappoint you that's that's the thing it's not just sports stars everyone's gonna let you down at some point 
Uh, let's see two final things to close on JJ one. Uh, just want to mention that Jorge Vilda, the Spanish women's national team manager, he has been fired, uh, continuing the very normal sequence of events. I mean, these are all the things that happen after you win a world cup, right? You immediately, uh, fire your manager. <laughs> like this is all just, this is all so bizarre, uh, how this is all played out when like the attention so, so clearly, should be on these women who achieved this feat. And all of it has just been on men who in some way or another have taken the spotlight away from them for negative reasons or have gotten potentially in the way of the Spanish team's success. Um, but Vilda, uh, after a lot of, I guess, debate, um, he is out as, uh, I guess, score one for for the women who have been who have wanted this for quite some time. Um, and this is the this is the first uh i mean they would see it as the first domino and like there's more to come they are this is a campaign now uh in spanish football there's a revolution going on or that's how it feels yeah yeah uh and then finally like i referenced earlier jj the ballon d'or finalists have been announced don't uh, care so messi yeah, uh, so, holland Here's the only thing I, I was i was going to say about it messi i think is being viewed as the favorite by a lot of people and i think um, so if I had a vote, so just to look at it, Holland would probably be my choice. I mean, he scored 52 goals in all competitions and was arguably the best player on a treble winning side mm. that like, I know Norway, whatever, but like, for me, that's, that's outstanding. Like that stuff that just does not, when that, when something like that happens, that guy wins. Like, however, I will say this, there's been a lot of, I, I feel like messy fatigue setting in with a lot of people Definitely. where they're just like, Oh, enough already. Like, cause he's probably, I think he's viewed by many as the favorite. And I see so many eye rolls when that is said, people who have just kind of had it. And also he's playing in a farmer's league right now. Oh, well, I don't know why we have to be uh, so rude about it, but... but that's what they're saying. I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying it. Oh, saying oh it. okay. Um, but I, what I will say is this Holland would be my choice. But I do think we need to step away from the position of suggesting Messi is in the in the running for it as being a ridiculous thing. He scored seven goals at a World Cup. He took home a golden ball. That that's a huge deal. He had twenty goals and twenty assists in the league and Champions League play last season for PSG. Like that's that's pretty you know good. What? Allow me to care about this now for a second. Okay. I'm uh, I know the Champions League didn't work out. They won the league for the first time since the since the uh, late 80s. Um, Kavica Kavaritskaya. That's mine. Loved watching really? him. Absolutely brilliant. Pick that guy. Class. Okay. okay. Uh, I won't kill you for that. I won't kill you for that. All I'm saying is Messi's inclusion here is not an injustice or it's not just because FIFA is in love with him or or the committee, the Ballon, I don't know, the Ballon d'Or committee, that, that they're obsessed with him. Like, I think that that is... Golden ball at a World Cup and a 20-goal, 20-assist season in the league and Champions League. That's that's something. That's not nothing. But, right. yeah, Holland would have my vote. Um, you got anything else? No, I think I'm done. Oh. I, th- I think I'm coming down with a summer cold. Mm. hate that. It's when you go from the real hot to the, you know, one of those? Yeah. Whichever you're, like, on the platform waiting for the subway or waiting for the um, train, and then you get on and cold and all of a sudden your nose is running that's what i got right now oh, okay well i'll say a prayer for you no you won't oh. <laughs> uh 
Uh, hey, I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. I always I enjoy do. you. Oh, that's so nice. I enjoy you, too. Um, U.S. plays this weekend. We'll obviously keep an eye on on how our guys do. I should mention Christian Pulisic, his first month at AC Milan, player of the month for the club. Bang, right out of the gate. Good for him. Delighted for the boy. So, yeah, I, I genuinely am. And I am i don't care who the opposition is. I just want to watch our guys play because uh, because I love them. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about. I'm going to get you an AC Milan jersey. Nah, that's okay. I can't wear club. Uh, I, I, even if he it had his name on it, I can't wear a club jersey. They beat Tottenham in the Champions League last season. Like I can't wear that another club's jersey. What do you can't. think of this? There's no scenario. You, you even if you said a Clint Dempsey Fulham, I would say I can't do it. What do you think of what what I've just done then? Um, I was online, and you know how susceptible I am to like retro stuff. Uh huh. Dortmund ninety five ninety six Nike track jacket so substitutes jacket i'm sure it's gorgeous bought it I... <laughs> bought it what's See, wrong with me I, I i you have a lot of these and look i have in my closet i do have some random really random soccer jerseys i have a venezia jersey like i have a spain yeah. jersey i have some some random ones in there but i don't wear like i, I can't wear clothing of of teams that aren't mine i just feel because weird your body doing your body shit no it's not it's just I, I feel like people are like i'm so somebody's gonna come up to me and be like oh yeah you're a big ac milan guy oh no i'm not like i don't want people thinking i'm something i'm not i just no this is who i support and i'm gonna wear their stuff and no one else already worked out an awkward scenario it's amazing i'll just say no i don't i'm not a dortmund supporter i mean i don't hate well then why are you wearing right. this is what i would say take it I'll off say, I, re- I really like it it's retro and it reminds me of a ver- of a very good era for dortmund when they were good real good champions league contenders and winners but what do you Follow. care because i like football and football history see I, I think i like my see that's that is a, a true difference between you and me i like my teams more than the sport they play you are oh. you like the sport more than your team Oh, football first, way more. By the yeah. way, this is this this applies for me across the board in every sport. I like yeah. Tottenham more than I like soccer. I like the Sixers more than I like basketball. You I like, like the Tottenham Eagles more, more. I like the Eagles more than I actually like football. So, how did you cope for the last five years when Tottenham haven't been playing football? It's been hard. These yeah. pods, when, when you've when we've come on here and I've been ridiculed for an hour over the way Mourinho chooses to to set up and play. Hasn't been easy. Those were not fun seasons. All right. Yeah. Well, I wonder, should, if, I wonder if people agree with that, if they like their team more than the actual sport. So Ange is like a Messiah figure. Like, like if the Eagles moved out of Philly, you, like I'd still watch football, but my interest in the sport. And, and by the way, I, I, I shouldn't, I don't know that I should even say this, but like football, the NFL, it's probably my favorite sport. It's just so ingrained. Like if you grow up in Philadelphia, it's just what, it's just what happens. But I, I think if the Eagles moved and I didn't have them and I hated them for moving, like it would change the way I I'd watch the sport differently. Wouldn't be the, I, wouldn't mean everything to me. My days would not stop on Sunday at one o'clock. I think you're more of a sportsman than you actually you realize. I think no, you're no, alone. No. Your your fan. Don't get me wrong. I I'm obsessed with all of it, but I love being a fan more. Like I just. I like enjoy the cultures of my team and like That's following the team and being a part of like the, the community that is like those supporters. And like, I just love all of that that comes with being with supporting a team, like the way they make That's you feel when you're mad, when you're, when you're not like 
rooting for a team makes you feel something in a way that being a neutral fan doesn't. And I, I love that stuff. Even okay, when it's that's bad. interesting. Even when it's bad. So, yeah, I wonder if people agree. I might have just alienated myself from our entire audience. I have no idea. Um, we'll see. Like we said, be an animal on Reddit. Let us know. Start a thread. Uh, at CO Soccer Pod on Twitter. CaughtOffSidePod at gmail.com. CaughtOffSidePod on Instagram. There's plenty of ways, plenty of places to, uh, to get out. I think at. you'll find some, uh, some fellow travelers. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this was great. I enjoyed this very much. Uh, JJ, to you, I say... Check you later, phone boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.